0: Welcome to the Geopolitics and Empire podcast. Today, we're speaking with Taco Dankers from the Netherlands, who is in charge of Gefira, which is an excellent bulletin providing global analysis from a European perspective. I am a subscriber myself. We'll be talking about the global economic and geopolitical situation. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Mr. Dankers. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me. Just tell uh, us quick a little bit about uh, Gefira uh, and then you had some topics that you wanted to yes, bring okay. up. Yeah, Gefira okay.
1: We, we started in 2015 and uh, of course we, we were longer together with a small group of people uh, and we, we wonder, um, as many people did after the, the great uh, financial crisis of 2008, what is going on in the world? Um, we get the feeling that uh, the world... Was not as before 2008-2009, and we we kept asking us why did economy n- not pick up as it was in 2000, 2004 or five. And after long and long uh, thinking, we 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 start to uh, dive in the demographics, and we came to the uh, remarkable conclusion that uh, if you look at uh, the the two pi- pillars of the world economy, that is East Asia and that is uh, the, the, the wide European population in Europe and in America, these two pillars of the economy started to decline. And that uh, that is remarkable if you, because if you look at um, what's going on in Europe and, and the growth of, of the modern world started, uh, in my perception, uh, somewhere after the Middle Ages, then uh, in, in 1500, Europeans started to grow uh, very rapidly. And um, uh, that growth has come to an halt and and i will show in in a minute uh, how big this is but you have to realize if you look from 1500 to let me say 2000 when this growth started to to stop that even the second the second world war you cannot find in this massive growth of of people um if you look at and that is very interesting in in the two of three parts of the world you uh, you have japan you have europe and you have america and you look at the data of the united nations then um, you will see that uh, america is still growing europe uh, for the uh, for the long future will stay stable a little bit growing and japan will go from 128 to uh, 80 million in Eight years, but if you start to look a little bit, dive a little bit deeper in the data, uh, you will discover some uh, something much more uh, stranger. Um, before I, 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 I go to the data, uh, if you look at the, the G20 countries, the, the, the twenty largest economy in the world, uh, nearly eighty percent of them. Uh, are already in decline, at least the native population, the United States, uh, uh, China, uh, Japan, Germany, UK, France, India, Italy, uh, Canada, Russia, Spain, Austria. These are the 20 uh, largest economy, and 80% is in decline now. Um, So if you look at um, the different countries for example of the different areas japan united states and uh, europe Uh, if you look at japan japan has no uh, migration and uh, there you can clearly see how the population is changing Uh, europe has a lot of migration i will come on that later and in america we can also see how the population is changing but i first want to look uh, at uh, japan and maybe we can uh, have a look at the data of Japan. If you look at this data, this is a data from, uh, not from the United Nations, this is from the National Institute of Population Social Security Research in uh, in, in Japan. So this is not uh, data that we made up or that we find somewhere. This, this is the official data. The United Nations expects that uh, this process go much slower. I, I have also the data of the United Nations that is this line. And if, if you look at the the, the Japan, that is the purple line here, you see that in 2100, the the end of the uh, century, the United Nations projections, if if people go to this website and and look at the data, they say, oh, things are not that bad. You see that uh, Japan will be more than 80 million people in the end of the century. Uh, We see France is is still growing strong. Uh, Germany goes to uh, 60 million, 65 million. And the Russian Federation uh, sticks with 120 million. And, uh, but the strange thing is if you look at the data from uh, the Japanese government, you see a complete different story, and then you start to understand uh, the the, uh, the, s- the scale of the changes we are in. We are now at uh, 128 million people, and in the end uh, of, of, of the century, it will be less than 50 million. So it will decline, according to the Japanese government, of 60%. What also and this is also uh, interesting for uh, investors and, and people who look at the economy if you if you look at this this this, uh, this graph the the purple thing is the youth yeah? the, the youngsters under the 20 and there you see that in 1955 the largest population of, of young people was in 1955 since then this population only declined and the same I've looked for example for the Netherlands. We have the largest uh, group of youngsters ever, and you have re- ever was in 1972. And since then, uh, the number of youngsters declined. So you have le- every year less and less uh, uh, young people that that has some effect on the economy. And the funny thing is that you see some kind of bump uh, in, in 1980. You see uh, the graph going up in 1980. Uh, you see that nearly in all the countries there is some some bulge in some uh, after effect and then people may think oh okay yeah, number of, of children is growing again but that's a, a lower peak and then a decline will be uh, forever uh, interesting is also as you see in in japan in japan the crisis started in uh, the, the japanese crisis started in 1990 and then uh, people say, okay, that was the beginning of the last uh, decade. And after nine 2000, you have the next last decade. And if you look at the demographic graph, you know that it will be a lost century. <laughs> because what happens in 1990, that was uh, the beginning of the decline of the working age population. And, and the, you, you can see that uh, also in the graph in 1990, we, uh, Japan has the largest uh, populace of working age population. And then it start to decline Um, in the funny thing is with demographic it's not a linear process in 1990 they have the largest uh, in in 1955 they had the largest population of youth in 1990 the last population of working age people and in 2009 uh, they reached the total peak of the population and since then uh, the whole population starts to decline and uh, this has to do of course with the number of children uh, Japanese uh, women get, and that's far below uh, replacement. It's 1.4, and we know that there is no no society that uh, succeed in bringing this number up again. Uh, I, I will come back to in Europe a little bit later. Um, I, just, I, I w- just had a
0: question: yeah. What? Why the big difference between the UN data and the Japanese government data? Do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, the the that's, uh, there are. I, I don't know, but uh, what I saw with day starters is that they start to change the data themselves. Because what I think, if you really start to, to, to realize what's going on, this has huge consequence for your whole fin- financial system, for your economy, for your uh, for your for your pension system. Uh, there will be less savers. There will be less uh, uh, producers. Uh, uh, this is not only produce, producing, but if you have 128 million people, yeah, you can sell a lot more Toyotas than to a population of 80 million or 50 million. So, um, I think that they hardly can cope with, with the reality. That's one one possibility. That uh, I saw with Daystar is um, their projections uh, are are flawed. I, I've I've emailed them and they, they admitted. They say yes, we 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 the data a little bit to make it less. Yeah, they don't say to make it less. Uh, look less dramatic, but I think that's the reason. I think if you really start to realize this, uh, the magnitude of this, this is a really big thing, then you start to realize that you have a lot of problems. And I, for example, I spoke with uh, the head of the central bank in, in, in the Netherlands, and I, I asked him uh, about this, and he immediately admits that this was never seen before. We always have all economic models made from the 18th century or 19th century, Adam Smith, whatever you call it, were all made with a uh, growing population. So I think that uh, maybe if they start to understand what's really going on, hmm, maybe it's too much for them to d- digest. And what I also notice is that they have a, some kind of a fuzzy model and that is uh, about the fertility rate. They think that the fertility rate will go back to 2.1%. And they have some strange, fuzzy, fuzzy model, and they say, "Okay, all these uh, societies will go back to 2.1 uh, fertility." But there is no, there is no reason to believe that because what we see, especially in in the Western, that uh, uh, for women, in the, it is less and less uh, normal, less tradition to have children. So I, I rather think that it will be the other way around. But they have to, some kind of assumption that uh, fertility rate go up again, and. Uh, maybe that's true maybe it's just not true i do not see any evidence in society that that will happen but i think that is the difference what, what what i did myself and i will come back on back that uh, later i myself i have a mathematical background i could make these models myself you have to make it so, some kind of uh, uh, program that, that that make the calculations and you can uh, simulate uh, population pro- projections uh, very precise they are very precise people have to realize if you talk about climate models these are very Integrated models. But if you look at uh, population models, they depend on fertility, how many children a woman gets. That's quite well known, and they uh, depend on the uh, mortality rate. And the mortality rate up to 50 is right, uh, quite stable in, in, in Western countries. In Africa, it's another problem, but if you are born in, in Europe, you have a big chance that you reach reprodu- reproductivity rate. There is some difference between my uh, projections and, for example, the, the official projections of the British uh, ONS, Office of National Statistics, and the differences uh, for people above 65. And then what you have then is that the whole graph is shifting a little bit to the left or to the right. You have that a little bit. But if you look to 50 years, all these models come to the same amount of people, unless you take migration. Migration is the big unknown in uh, demographic. So you can uh, if, if you expect that the fertility rate stayed the same you can f- precise calculate the future. This is one of the, I think a demographic is one of the most uh, uh, yeah, the most uh, the part of science that is, is able to, to make a very precise. Of course there's some fra- uh, variation but we can precise, make very precise uh, projections.
0: So what does this mean then uh, going forward? So like you said, this can be one of the bases for a huge uh, economic uh, a crisis um, that they can't deal with. We don't have enough uh, people. Um, and then you mentioned migration. So, I mean, there's a lot of thoughts. You know, is one way to lessen the crisis to bring in uh, influx of uh, migration into Europe? Um, I mean, which way? How do you want to? How do we look at okay. this?
1: Okay, this is a very important point. Uh, that is what happens in the uh, in the United States. That is what I want to say. If you look at the, first, let's let's have a look at the United States because there you uh, have very precise data. In the United States, they have the census. Uh, they have one million people uh, immigrants, uh, legal immigrants, a year. We we heard a lot about illegal immigrants. One million. That is. Uh, for a long stretch of period, uh, that has never happened before. If you look at the big mass migration in the United States, people think always Europeans uh, moved to uh, the United States in, 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 in the previous uh, 1800, uh, 1800 to 1920 or something like that. That was the big migration from Europeans to Euro- uh, America. But uh, f- since 1988, my- migration to America is much bigger. And then people say, yeah, but the population is bigger. That's right. But the, the wide European population is in full decline. Um, so, if you look at the census, what you see uh, in America is that uh, 50% of the newborns is already uh, non, non-white Europeans, and uh, the Europeans, uh, according to the census, that's not, not mine, uh, it's not my conspiracy or whatever, uh, official data, uh, PBS, or census of America say in, in 2050, white Europeans would be a minority. They will then still be uh, a major minor, minor minority, a major minority principle but that will not stay the same. They will decline further and further, and uh, that will be from top to bottom. You will find, especially in Europe, you see a huge amount of white Europeans, 50 plus, but if you look uh, in, in the younger ages, you see more and more uh, Europeans, non-Europeans. Now, if you look at, and this is very interesting, what you, what you have seen in, in, in Europe, and this is uh, one uh, reason why uh, uh, Europe uh, has escaped uh, uh the, this, this disaster, the immigration disaster of, of the disaster that happens in uh, Japan is the accession of Eastern Europe to uh, the European Union. And um, more and more, I start to understand that um, this the whole crisis in Europe, I more and more believe it is not about money, it is about people. Because what happens, we have an extreme outflow of people from uh poland hungary uh, croatia is a very interesting example uh more people from uh croatia left the country now than there are newborns so so apart from the the death rates more more people are leaving than there are people are born in in, in 2017 2018. how can that be not a problem that that must be uh, an extreme impact on how our future will look like and uh i i we we'll share this, this graph also with you because this is also very sh- uh, interesting.
0: Uh, can you see it? Um. Yeah. I would just comment on Croatia. It's just like, it's not an exaggeration. I know people left and right uh just leaving for Ireland uh and, and everywhere. Anywhere, like all across the world, I know Croatians just literally like <laughs> from from. Uh, yeah, Asia to the Americas. So, yeah, it's not an exaggeration.
1: No, no, because I, I, I take the data uh, from uh, the official statistics. And if you see the, I thought, I, I don't know exactly the numbers, 40,000 left. And then I look at how many people are there born, and 35,000 people are born. <laughs> and you think, well, well, this 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 is really amazing. This, uh, No, uh, the funny thing is, and if, if you look at the data, and um, even if I did the projections for, uh, future of for example your people and I did a couple of of models and I do not try to exaggerate and still then it is it blows your mind (laughs) Now here you see uh, this is the uh, population growth and this is uh, quite remarkable of Italy I took Italy and if you look at Italy there's something strange in Italy you see that the population reached a peak here this is official data this this, this, uh, uh, orange line is the official data and here, remarkably, we see that, like a miracle, the population start to grow again. You see the same uh, amazing thing in the Japanese uh, population. Uh, since 2000, we have remarkable growth, while the fertility rate of Italians is below that of the Japanese. And then, if you look at this graph, it is. Okay, this is the growth rate. So if there is zero, if this graph is zero, there is no growth. If it is above zero, it is growth. If it is below zero, it is decline. And you see immediately that in 2003, 2004, the, pe- the population started to grow, and that was the moment that Poland, Hungary, and the and the Baltics, uh, Slovakia, and Czechia che- 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 Cesc- lesson- uh, became part of the European uh, Union, and people were free to leave the country and start uh, working. Uh, in other countries then uh, after this bulge you see that it declines and then in 2007 again it was romania and bulgaria and if you look at now at uh, uh, the it, italian uh, population they have a huge amount of people from romania and then you see in 2014 and i think this is the refugee crisis because i cannot explain why <laughs> the population started to grow in 2014 but at that time um, we had the influx from Africans. And, um, yeah, otherwise, if you don't have this influx, yeah, you you, you will have this line, this blue line, this is the line that we, we, we predicted, and this is quite uh, accurate. You would have the blue line, and that would be the, the uh, Italian population. It will also decline by 60%. So this, this, this is huge, and you have to realize that if the total population starts to decline, the working age population started to do decline uh, much earlier. And uh, this, this by the way, is uh, also known by uh, the Italian government. I have spoken to people in Italy, and they, they accuse uh, the Germans from of stealing their youth because these people are going. Uh, nowadays, and that is the the, the conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy theory, I, I, but that gives you uh, conspiracy theories, gives you, not a way that it must be true, but it gives you a framework of, of thinking and a mechanism but um if you look now, I thought that one hundred twenty eight thousand people has left the country, Italy, and you have to compare it with they have about four hundred thousand people that are born, so it is not that bad as in Croatia, but it is uh, still bad, and the, the the population is shrinking and now uh, Italians say, okay, they force the Germans force austerity on our country so that our young people are fleeing to germany whether it is true or not but this is things that i heard from italy That it gives you that at least the uh, state of mind in this country they realize that the population is shrinking they realize that it's a problem and they see that the uh, population is f- flowing to germany so now back to your question so you have internal migration in, in europe um, that is historically, uh, we have had this historically the Europeans. Uh, I think that Europeans can be identified as some. Uh, there's some. There's a lot of relation between the people. If you go to Spain, you see the same Christian symbols as in Poland. Uh, Copernicus went to uh, Rome. He came from Krakow and uh, went to Rome. So historically, there's there's a lot of interconnection. And uh, I think if uh, we see it in Poland, uh, if you have po- Polish people in uh, the Netherlands, um, they, they are hardworking people, and probably after uh, one or two generations, they will completely dissolve in the European or in the Dutch uh, uh, society. Um, I know people who don't like that. Eh? There are people who say, okay, we if we are Europeans, but uh, the fact, if you stick to the fact, I'm pretty sure if you have Polish people here, one or two generations, you don't see anything uh, of them anymore. Um, you see it also in uh, the, the social security uh, numbers. They, are very, they, they don't have uh, social security or they are very low on social security compared to other groups. So they are quite comparable um, to Europeans. Uh, the funny thing is that in Europe, uh, the Netherlands and, and we have the social justice thing, so you are not allowed to complain about migrants, but you can complain about Polish people. Uh, that is, that's free. You are free to complain about Polish. The same what happens with the Brexit thing, they start to blame it on Polish. Eh, well, we can now protect our, our borders. And if you look at at uh, at Brexit, then you think, okay, is are the Polish people the problem? If you look at all these Muslims and all these people from India, maybe Polish was it really because hey, you think that Polish is the biggest problem? I don't think so. But that is the same in the Netherlands. You can complain about uh, Polish people, but but if you look at the numbers, I'm pretty sure, uh, but this has consequence for Poland. I, I, if you look at the last article written by a Polish guy who said, uh, we are losing uh, nurses and uh, medical experts because they all leave for uh, Poland. And that was the same as the anti-Brexit guy, I, I, uh, uh, the socialist uh, Corbyn, who said, okay, thanks to... The European Union, we have uh, uh, um, health workers from uh, Bulgaria, from uh, Poland, from uh, 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 Romania. Yes, but in Romania, they miss them. They have a lack of health workers. and they, So if you are a real socialist, but then you should say, okay, this this could not be a good thing. People are leaving uh, Poland, they are leaving. And so I think that one of the th- nationalistic, and that's also what, what we wrote on, uh, is not only because... Uh, it is to keep uh, migrants out in Poland and Hungary, but also to keep people in, because yeah, you 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 educate them; they have a high education. You have university, and then you put a lot of money in them, and then they are gone. And we in in the Netherlands say, okay, thank you for the high educated. Uh, Uh, People. So this is one thing. If you look at uh, migration from uh, Northern Africa, uh, um, that from the economic perspective, uh, that's something uh, quite different. And uh, if you look at the official data, I have also the graph here, for example, this is a very uh, interesting graph. Okay, if you look at uh, what we did in in the Netherlands, that was we uh, invited labor migrants. And I I only took labor migrants because if you look at, for example, uh, refugees, the numbers are really much more worse. So I'm not biased against uh, migration. I just take the numbers. And um, I could bring up even more worse numbers if you look at Somali people. But I I only took labor migrants because your your statement say, okay, if you bring labor migrants into, into Europe, How will that end? We we got Moroccans and Turks. The Netherlands has no uh, historical relation with Turkey and Morocco. We had a historical relation with Indonesia. Maybe, uh, I don't know if that's known by the the listener, but uh, Indonesia was, of course, a colony. uh, Suriname was a colony. So we had a historic relation with this country, not with Turkey and Morocco. Morocco. But we start to invite uh, labor migrants uh, out of Turkey and Morocco in the 70s and in the 80s. If you look now at the labour participation of only the men's, I only took the men's because uh, I want to be honest, then you see that uh, Moroccans in in the age group of 25 to 35, um, 60% is active in the labour force. That's a shocking low number, 40% is not active in the labour force. Turks do it better. And this is uh, what what we see. uh, That's also what we have in our political view. Uh, Turkey as a country does it much better. The Ottoman Empire is still... uh, I think that we should not underestimate uh, Erdogan and the Turks. I think that would be a rising power. That could be a very big problem for Europe. Uh, But you see here that the Turks do better, but still uh, uh, 75 in in, in young people. That's below... uh, the native dutch and that's 90 percent 10 percent is not active uh, till 55. you see the blue line mm-hmm. we, uh, what what we see and that is one, one of the things uh, that 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 uh, i noticed that uh central bureaus of statistics do, do if they come up with the total number they say okay the labor participation of of, of native European uh, dutch is the same as Moroccans and turkeys is around 60 percent but they took uh, people from 15 to 75, and 75, nobody, no, no Dutch person is working at 75. And they compare it with the Moroccans and the Turks till 55. So they compare two groups. They say, oh, they do the same. <laughs> yes, but uh, if you take the whole group of Dutch, you come on the labour participation of 60%. That's include, inc- this, you include the the elderly 65 and uh, the, till 75. And you came with the same number with young Moroccans. So you can understand that uh, uh, will not solve your demographic uh, problem. And then, of course, and that is another thing uh, with with migration, uh, people do not realize uh, we have this... uh, there is a difference between, I do believe that there is a difference between uh, populations. And uh, let, let's first uh, do, do that part. If you, if you look at the, 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 the course of history in the modern narrative after uh, uh, the end of history, history of uh, Fukuyama, that is something uh, as, as the following. They say, okay, all people are the same. We are all the same. There's no difference between uh, people from Africa and Europe. And we are all on on, on the line, on the path to modernity. And modernity is, in their perspective, democracy with neoliberalism uh, and with a high-educated population. That is more or less the end point of history. That is Fukuyama's end point of history. And by accident, white Europeans were uh, ahead of Africans. That's just an accident. As you have children, some children are... Uh, earlier, uh, when you talk about uh, walking, uh, yeah, but in the end, if they, if they are twenty, they can all walk the same. That is that is that is very important. This is the narrative from bankers from uh, the whole American establishment. We are all the same. We are all on this path. And the Chinese uh, growth in after 1919 was some kind of proof that they were right because the Chinese uh, start to embrace uh, modern. According to them, I don't believe that they really embrace it, but they start to embrace Western values, and miracle, miracle, China started to grow. And that was, okay, and the next, after China, you will have India, and after India, you will have Africa. That is more or less how they see the world. I think if you look at the history, China was not uh, lifted, the Communist Party of China did not lift it, one billion people out of poverty, I think the communist party held them long into poverty. And um, I don't blame them, it's just a fact, uh, if you look to China, Japan and to Korea and to Taiwan, you should expect that China should be at the same pace as these countries. And I think that is related with the kind of people. The, the very interesting thing, if you look at the history of Japan, Japan started to change its economy in 1818. And do you know that uh, the Meiji uh, rev- uh, revolution, or uh, they were forced by the Americans to open up the borders, and the elite in Japan was uh, very uh, unhappy with that. And They started to uh, change the whole economy in 20 years, and within 10 years, they did the same with the Chinese. Now did from a uh, backwater country. They became one of the advanced economists, t- even a threat to American hege- hegemony in 1945 and of 1940. And you see the same trick is done by the Chinese now. And I think that is uh, very related to the population in this part of the area. You see, wherever the Chinese go, they oh, they do pretty well. and So um, I think this, this, this has, uh, so if you, follow that path, and then you say, okay, the world as it is depends on the white European population and on the East Asian population. And these are now in decline. Then it will not be that Africa is the next emerging country. In my view, uh, Africa is the first that will collapse because they depend on the white Europeans colonization in in 1900, started in 1900. Then when colonization starts to wind down, then you get the Japanese. If you go and look at, at buildings built in, in, in Africa or bridges, then you will find uh, why the Japanese and the Koreans uh, went to Africa. And now it's the Chinese. If you see an amazing bridge in Africa, it's a Chinese bridge. If you see an old bridge in, Afri- in Africa, it's a European bridge. If you see a modern bridge, and if you see a bridge built in the 60s, it's in Japanese or a Korean. So this, this, the fact is, what we see is that this continent depends enormously on Europe and China. So what is the consequence if these c- continents start to decline economically? They are more they have less youngsters to, to go to Africa. So um, back to Europe. Uh, if we have these people out of Europe uh, into Europe, that has no value added value. What it will bring is uh, internal Uh, Tensions, that is for certain. Whatever you like it or not, if if you bring, for example, uh, we have the discussion uh, about Islam, the rise of Islam. Islam is a small uh, religion compared to the group of total population, uh, 10% probably in France or something like that. But you have to realize it is still growing. And the spread of Islam is not... About Europeans converted to Islam. That's you have to realize it. That is what. It is not no European converted to Islam. Maybe one or two, but the spread of Islam is about other populations are settling in Europe. And whatever I think of it, I can tell you, look into history. That never ends well. And that is the tension that you feel now in Europe. So I think that uh, from an economic perspective, it has little or no added value unless uh, you have Poles or you have people from, my, uh, uh, maybe Chinese, but Chinese people also in decline. Uh, if, if you have Africans or North Africans, you bring in a lot of uh, tension into the society. And that is uh, what I think is uh, now going on. And, uh, that's what also happens in, in, in the United States, uh, with, with you have not uh, no Islams, but you have uh, Mexicans, you have uh, whole uh, areas where people speak Mexican. And um, people don't care if these Mexicans are a small minority, or maybe some people care. I see it in the Netherlands when I, I was young. Uh, yeah, we had a small minority of people from Africa, but we start to realize that this small minority will be a big minority. And that there, there is a perspective that they become a majority. And that is already the case. If you look in Amsterdam, I live in Amsterdam, 55% of the youngest under the age of 10 is non-Western. 55%. So that is not uh, that it is a small minority anymore. It's a big uh, uh, It is a majority. It's already a majority. So um, if you look at the the two two big stories: the whole world economy depending on the two centers of economy that are a full collapse. If you saw the Japanese uh, picture, uh, you really start to overthink it. They are in full collapse, and um, this is also uh, military uh, consequences. You, you can you cannot send out a batch of young people anymore, and then you have internal uh, uh, whether be, whether you like to have Mexicans or not. No, if. if you will see that a lot of people, there will be tension between these groups. That That's already happening. That is, uh, I think, the Trump effect. I started to realize that later. I first watched Trump and I thought, okay, this guy has the capacity to become a kind of king. Whether you like it or not, you saw that he, he could handle a journalist. Uh, journalists uh, were afraid for him. If you like, different than Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin, journalists laughed at Sarah Palin but they tremble if they were with Trump. So you saw this guy had the capacity, but later on I start to realize that the demographic changes will be felt by the white Europeans, and I'm not so sure if they will accept it. I, and I even think that that in Europe will be a bigger problem. But what I tell you now is already forbidden to talk about in, in Europe. You have to realize this. this. is I wasn't in the UK. You cannot talk about that we are all the same in Sweden. You cannot talk about it. This uh, I just mentioned the fact. I didn't give my opinion. I just mentioned you the facts as this, and that's already considered as far right uh, extremism. So this is. Uh, but whatever you think about it, reality don't change. I, I, so I, I can imagine that Africa will evolve perfectly. But what what I think it has the reality. Is something
0: different and just so yeah so we'll have social <coughs> tensions as you say um even here me living in kazakhstan and kazakhstan has interesting history a lot of uh, ethnic groups uh and so there's like a 20 to 30 percent russian ethnic population here and uh kazakhs and there's not like great tensions but you see that russians generally i don't know any russian that speaks kazakh here and they don't wish to uh, speak Kazakh and there's a trend of them emigrating so again it's like like you're saying there's these different there's these tensions between the two groups here it's very peaceful which is uh good but besides the, the tensions um you know in in your bulletin you're you're bearish on uh, the euro and the european situation um do you see, what what do you foresee you know as the demographics decline the e- economy declines uh, we run kind of, we run out of runway. What, uh, I mean, what's your vision uh, of the future?
1: Yeah, that, that, okay, this is a, a good point because uh, there are two two things you mentioned. The first that you said about the Russians, I myself live in very multicultural uh, neighborhood and uh, uh, I have a lot of uh, social uh, left-wing uh, neighbors and I, I go along with them, but they are completely separated. If you go to the left-wing uh, Green Party, they are, are only white people. And I, myself, I'm the only one in my neighborhood who who talk with the people from uh, uh, Egypt and with people from Iran. uh, And I talk with them and I have chats with them about the country. But none of my neighborhoods do that. And if you have parties in the neighborhood, they are completely segregated, as you said, with the Russians. Um, That is one thing. So uh, the tensions, uh, yeah, the Probably that depends a little bit how far the views are apart. But uh, one of the things that we have now in the Netherlands is uh, the call for prayer. And I don't know if you have that in Kazakhstan, the call for prayer from the... Uh,
0: yeah, every day, yes. yeah uh, uh, uh,
1: I can tell you, uh, we will not accept it. Europeans will not accept it. That will give huge tensions. Um, So this is the thing uh, that now, in the past it was not discussion because that doesn't happen. We didn't have that much uh, Islam uh, Muslims, but there will be more and more and they will uh, demand that. So um, there will be the tension. Uh, There will be a split. Also what you see uh, I don't know how it is in Kazakhstan but in in Europe it will also be a split in economic uh, prosperity. Uh, Africans will do that's the same as in America. The average Afro-American do worse than the average uh, white European, and the average white European do worse than the average Asian uh, person. So um, I can't even imagine if we uh, have a lot of uh, Chinese, and then maybe the tension will not be that high, while these Chinese will more and more be influential. That happens also in, uh, uh, in the United States, of, uh, South, of East Asians. But, uh, yeah, you get this division is not only uh, cultural, it is religious, it is ethnic, and it is economic welfare. That will uh, be tension. And then the second thing is what you say, this the euro, and that's um, what I think a lot about, is the elite. If you are Italian elite, and you start to realize what is going on, you know that's over with you. Because if you lose control of the banks, then you can't you lose your country so for the elites isn't different and i think that is what happening in, in, in i read a lot about italy i think they are completely divided in italy they know the demographic situation they know that a lot of african people coming uh, if their population become african uh, that's that's really a big difference than probably ukraines and russians and all this kind of uh, but then you have a complete different country and Then, if you take the euro into consideration, if people are flowing out of the country, your own people are flowing out of the country, yeah, you will lose your country. And these elites in Italy, if they realize, they will uh, pull the brake. And that's, I think, uh, Salvini. I think that if you look at the uh, Italian establishment, that half of the establishment, uh, at least a big chunk. want to get out of the euro without a lot of problems and i don't know if they they can manage it uh, so that is what you will see uh with the euro um if you look at italy it, it looks like if they solve more or less the problems and if the european agree, union agree more or less that 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 uh, italy has a larger uh, budget deficit but it is not over so um I think the, the biggest tension with Salvini out of this uh, uh, government, but I think he's rallying the troop. I think that he is also, because if you, you really start to understand, if you are a leader and, and, and you do the wrong thing or, or the good thing too early, you are gone. You are, in the worst case, it will kill you. And the same is in France. I'm pretty sure that the f- part of the France elite uh, is very unhappy what happens in the banlieues, in the suburbs. Uh, and I even think that uh, again, a conspiracy. I do not say that's true. That uh, the yellow jacket protest—you have, you know, the yellow jacket protest in France—that uh, could be uh, begin to organize uh, chaos in the country, and from there on to, to to a power grab. It's too early, because if you do that too early, you are gone. If, if you you commit a uh, coup d'état. Then it's over with you. You, you have to, to choose. And, and I think many people who think about politics do not realize the risk uh, people on the top run when they make too early the wrong decision. And I think but I think that in France and if you look at France and Italy, this kind of things must be the elite there must be understand, must understand that if they do not take action. Uh, it's over with the country. It will become an African country. You see that it's quite quite interesting if you look at the the colonial history. Uh, most of the cities in, in in a lot of cities in in Africa are uh, uh, established by by Europeans and slowly overrun by Africans. And you will see that in 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 Paris. If you look at Paris, at the suburbs, they are Africans and they become African cities. You see also that uh, I, I read a lot of small uh, uh, events and you see that the police is attacked. It is not their police. The fire brigade, that is also one of the thing, the fire brigade, the emergency service are attacked because it is not their fire brigade. Like, so I think that we have this, this basis euro that, that cannot sustain for long, but I don't know exactly what time frame, because Germany can get the same problems as Italy, that is a little bit later. So um, the whole uh, European Union is unstable uh, and uh, it can end really fast. It can take another five, six, seven years. So for me, the Euro is its not forever, that's for clear.
0: And <clears throat> as we're slowly running out of time, do you have any concluding thoughts um, you know, uh, whether it's the us or, or China you mentioned uh Thucydides trap you've brought up in your bulletin are, are there any final thoughts or takeaways uh for us either re- regarding demographics you well you've mentioned your thoughts on the the euro um or, or anything else
1: now for, for China i, I, I um, and as for Russia, i I I rather Russia has this African conference last week. Maybe you have heard about this. Uh, China does the same. Say, okay, Africa that was uh, screwed by the Europeans, but we do better. That's a fake narrative. Africa was not screwed by the Europeans. Uh, if the Chinese will experience the same thing in Africa as we did experience, and they will go the same path, so the Chinese, I would say, uh, look, look in history, look. What Europeans did uh, and don't make the same fault. Uh, I think you rather concentrate on Central Asia. Central Asia is full of wealth. You have coal, you have minerals, you have uh, Kazakhstan. You have a lot of um, opportunities. Uh, yes, you have to deal with this declining populations. Uh, China has still uh, 1.2 billion people. That's even if they are in decline, they can have their advantage. And for uh, Europe, yeah. I, In America, the next fight will will be fought probably on American soil. That's a a real perspective. That could be really happening, I think. Uh, And the same uh, will be in Europe. The next war will not be like uh, the Second World War, but the next war in Europe will be like the Balkan War or the Syrian War. Small pocket of, of fights. So that is uh, how I predict, see the future, uh, and uh, yeah, China, uh, yeah, will emerge uh, stronger. Yeah, that's 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 clear. <laughs> they don't follow this uh, this uh, climate uh, thing. That's another thing. Maybe we can discuss later. But uh, yeah, they, China has to look at China, and the same will happen with Turkey. Turkey will look at Turkey, and will. Uh, concentrates itself as a new Ottoman empire. So that's uh, more or less, uh, so I think that for analysts, they have to look at, 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 at the, pre- of the history and then, then they see how the future will look and it will not be this, this one walk to, to modernity and uh, educate people. It will be something like we had a slow reversal of, of history.
0: All right. And um, if there's anything else you'd like to mention or otherwise, um, tell us where, uh, about the, your bulletin uh, and uh, where people can get it and subscribe.
1: Yeah, yeah they can stup- subscribe to jaffiro.org. Uh we take this perspective uh, this this, pers- this different perspective this declining population and we believe that there is that, that populations differ that society differ in, in how they will evolve it will not in one way to modernity uh, and we compare it uh, with what happens in history so yes the turks were a big uh, enemy for the europeans or a strong enemy not in the, in the in the wrong sense but they were capable of they were capable of being an enemy that's of the europeans if you look at all pictures you see them uh, quite strong uh, and yeah that will be uh, the future so in, in the future bulletin we will also look at at uh, energy energy is of course uh, very important uh, we di- don't discuss it but but i think that this whole climate thing will really be in the disadvantages of European uh, energy security. There are a lot of examples that we can show that also the European Union make all kinds of decisions uh, that will endanger the energy uh, security of, of, of Europe. And uh, yeah, there's one country that is quite stable and has a lot of energy. That's Russia. That's a stable country. Uh, Saudi Arabia is not a stable country. <laughs> there were ra- rockets from nowhere. <laughs> and they hit their their installation. I think there were 10 rockets. How many were it? Did you know?
0: Something like and that. that I don't, I and and did you know where they came from? Nobody.
1: We only know one thing for certain. It were not the Germany rebels. So the guys who they accuse. if you look at the map, you you immediately know that's impossible. So you have rockets. Maybe that was their own army. It could, I, I, I have uh, some information about... Uh, uh, You've read the Inside the Kingdom. Uh, it's clear that they saw their own people as the, the biggest enemy. So And even their own army. They they, they want to protect themselves against their own army. So uh, Saudi Arabia's energy, the Middle East's energy uh, is, is not stable. So um, Russia is stable. Uh, so we will discuss that in our bulletin. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of uh, investment uh, opportunities in, in, in Russia. Uh, I think, the yeah, if you look at uh, Gazprom, for example, we discussed Gazprom uh, a lot of time. Uh, so that is uh, are, uh, the things that we uh, cover with the Jafira. Right? I think, uh, yeah, for investors, it's really important. But this has, for example, consequence for the car industry. European car industry has no chance to grow in Europe anymore. And people have to realize that this is not peanuts or something uh, in the margin. The only way European car industry was able to grow, and that's one of the things we, we discussed, was in China. That was a huge potential market. And you see that this market is now also uh, under strain. So this is uh, the, the way how, how we discussed it. We discussed South Africa. South Africa is an example ca- country that, that stood out uh, in Africa uh, in Africa because it was a European country. And yeah, you see now that something is buggling there. So that's also what we discuss, so we have this perspective, and i think uh for investors that could be uh, extremely interesting
0: something interesting is speaking of cars i mean you, you have a, a unorthodox outside the box or contrarian, sometimes what do you want uh, whatever you want to call it perspective and you you mentioned electric vehicles, uh, i think in a recent bulletin, and uh, you're assuming to say that hasn't caught on um which there's some evidence there. So that, that that's something interesting also to, to think about. Yep. Um, so I, I, if, I think, if you uh-huh. look at,
1: the, that's a very interesting, but uh, if you look, uh, I don't know how it's in, I was in America a couple of years ago, but if you look at uh, electric cars and what Tesla did very cleverly, concentrated on the big uh, metropolitan s- uh, centers. So uh, you have a lot of Teslas in Amsterdam. So if you're an investor walking around in Amsterdam, oh, you think there are a lot of Teslas here. But if you go to uh, the highways, you hardly see them anymore. And the funny thing that I, I noticed a guy tell me, if you see these big trucks and a, a car is just behind this truck, you know it is an electric car. Because they have to, to, to be very efficient because they, they have to, to reach the other, other, other side. So if you go uh, really on a long uh, distance trip in Europe, an electric car is not really convenient. And yes, I start to look at it. If you see trucks and you see another car driving 80, then it is an electric car uh, behind this truck. <laughs> so this is uh, yeah. If you look, and I think that electric car from a technical point is very interesting, but the battery is, is still not there. And, and but you see in history here again. If you look at the history, uh, if we went from oil to from coal to oil, did did you know how long that takes from the world to to come from a coal uh, based uh, society in all based society that takes hundred years took that took hundred years uh, when i was young in india there, there were still a lot of stone engines if you were i think there are even now nowadays there are some kind of just steam engines but uh look at when when uh india abandoned steam engines that's i think 20 years ago so i think that uh electric cars uh, could be still the future but um, yeah, it's, it can take 100 years. And that okay. is what, what we said, yes. Uh. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. That'll do it for this episode of Geopolitics and Empire. And I encourage listeners to check out uh, gif- uh and check out their bulletin. Uh, and thanks for uh, this first interview, Mr. Dinkers.
1: Yeah, thank you uh, for having me. And uh, maybe we speak later.